Welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 108. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello, hello. Video it's games. video game time. We have a guest. We are joined by our friend Dan from the Discord. Hello. Hello. Uh, Thank you. It's Abnormal Mapping. It's video games. How's video games treating everybody? Jackson, <laughs> have you played a single video game that is not Metroid Prime? I don't think I have. I haven't. Well, I think I played like... You know, like six hours of Kingdom Hearts 2 and then realized I did not have the time to play replay Kingdom Hearts 2 during this month. But aside from that, yeah, no. No, no it's been... Will you play it next month? Doubtful. Doubtful? Who can Let's say? Will you finish it by this year? I don't think so, but maybe. Um, maybe. It's, I mean, it's fine. I've already, I've already finished the game. It's fine. I could play it something else, possibly. Uh, but no, it's been... You won't. I won't. I won't. No. It's been a light month. Yeah. Have you played any video games? I played an hour of Blue Revolver, which is a video game. Uh, it's it's a it's a vertical shooter. Maybe you've heard of it. Our friend Omar has been doing like a starting like a vertical shooter or just a shooter like introductory series. And I was like, I want to play a colorful shooter. Please give me one. And they were like, you get this one. And I had it already in my Steam library because that's how Steam libraries work. And so I played it. Um, it's pretty good. It it uh it it's very much trying to teach you the methodology for playing one of these shooters by like the scoring system is like you build up a super beam and a score combo and then you fire the beam and it gives you like a plus 64 multiplier while the beam's firing and then you have to cool off and build both the meter and the uh multiplier together, which is kind of how all these games work like low key under the hood, but it, it makes it very explicit of what you're doing. Um uh, the one thing I don't like about it is that you have to work, you have to work at unlocking free play and I just want to free play and quit, but I'll get better at the game by not doing that. So it's fine. Whatever. Um, the challenges are really good. Teach you how to like tackle bosses, uh, like properly and rack up high scores. And the, the mission mode is really thoughtful and good. Uh, it's a cool game. Nice. Good enjoying it. Uh, that's cool. I played a video game that wasn't for the podcast. It might as well be a miracle. I know. On on both sides of this, uh, of this, that's a rare occasion this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan, did you play anything? Uh, oh, does Umineko count as a video game? <laughs> yes. You get to be the person who brings up Umineko on a normal mapping. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah, I kind of got into it after uh, the Shriekcast was talking about it and um, trying to keep up with the game club. I'm on Chapter 3, fell behind a bit. But it kind of stole all my video game time, then Chimera Squad got completely forgotten. Um, yeah, it seems like it would do that. It seems very long. That's why I've not joined yeah. anyone. Is it good? It's interesting, and I, I'm liking the story so far, but like I said, it sounds like it gets a lot crazier in the later chapters. Is it 80 hours good? <laughs> well, I guess I'll find out after 80 hours, and then may okay. regret the whole process. Or might think it's awesome. <laughs> There's plenty of people on our Discord. There's like an Umineko book club ongoing. I assume that's still ongoing. I haven't looked in that uh, channel. But people loved me playing Umineko in 2020. I just couldn't... I don't think I could ever commit to the time. Realistically. I would I would like to give it a shot one day. I have friends really asking me to, but uh, I've had friends ask me to do a lot of things. It's not like at the top of my list. Yeah. Ocarina of Time, come and win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Metroid Prime is our game club this month. It is a game developed by Retro Studios, published by Nintendo. It came out on the GameCube in November of 2002. Uh, it is the first one of a duo of first Metroid games in many, many years since Super Metroid in 94. It had been eight years, and uh, Galaxy was at peace. And here's Metroid, uh, along with Metroid Fusion, which we covered a long, long time ago. I'll link that episode, but uh, this is the other part of that. And is Samus going into the third dimension? Finally, Smash Brothers was not the only one. Um, I played this game a long time ago, and many, many times, so I feel kind of weird being the one to introduce it. Um, Dan, why did you pick this game? And then we'll have Jackson talk about it. Well, <laughs> uh, I first played this game back in 2004, um, and thought it was amazing at the time, and liked the Liked it a lot, liked the sequel even more, but I, you guys were doing your Halo podcast and Jackson talked about how he'd never done Metroid Prime, and so I said, well, we have to fix that. It is the Citizen Kane of video games, after all. That's true. That's true. 
That's a that's an IGN quote for those who don't know. It was at the time. Yes. IGN called it the Citizen Kane. I mean, that, when we were playing Metroid Prime, I was like, uh, Jackson, this we we need, we need to play Metroid Prime. Prime, you need to play Metroid Prime. So much of this reminds me of Metroid Prime. Um, I thought it was just like Forum Wars bullshit, but no, they need to know because I I had not been aware as someone who'd never played Halo before. Yes. Uh, though I, I, Halo is not the most like Metroid Prime game we have already played this year. Eh, we'll get into it. Jackson, tell me about the plot and structure of Metroid Prime. Alright, I have like 15 words, that's enough. Um, <laughs> uh, Samus is chasing the space pirates, and she tracks them to uh, a like in-orbit of the planet Talonfor, finds a frigate there, uh, boards it, blows it up, crashes on the planet, and finds that the space pirates are doing some experiments because a meteor landed on this planet and there's like a strange power there and they're trying to like utilize it for their own purposes um meanwhile you're also looking up chozo law because this is a planet that many chozo were on finding out why there aren't any chozo on this planet and what happened to them and how that connects to the meteor as well so there's the two plots that you discover in like uh, scanning logs as you explore a 3d environment and it's, it's a metroid game you explore like rooms the rooms all have e exits and entrances these exits and entrances are accessed by different powers uh, that uh, increase your ability to traverse through the space throughout the game as you uh, explore the areas find out a few more information and find a few bosses and that's that's the whole plot of the game uh yeah, I guess so. You're not going to talk to us about the worm and the child? The child and the worm? <laughs> well, yes. So also, um, <laughs> I guess I did that without spoilers, which is dumb, because it's Metro Prime, and also everyone listening knows how this podcast works. Uh, but yeah, you find out uh, that the um, the media bought with it phase-on energy, and phase-on energy is this weird poison in the planet that has caused the Chozo to become, well, to make themselves non-corporeal. They kind of do this as like a, like, a way to resist the poison uh dubious about the like ways in which this all went down i wasn't like 100 percent making sure i had everything in order but that's the the picture i got uh the phase on energy is being used by the space pirates to make like uh extreme space pirates uh i think they're called like, you know you find the omega pirate the big boss been infused with phase on because it like makes you super powerful but corrupts you uh and the source of this energy is a creature called the Metroid Prime that's just a big human face that becomes a bug and uh, you kill it and blow it up and it takes the phase on out of you uh, freeing you from its poison uh, as you blow it up and assuming everything's fine and then you fly away but uh, I sh it takes a whole ass Samus out of you and I'm like oh I know who that is <laughs> like it just clones you into a phase on you and reel you and uh We'll see where that goes in Metro Prime 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. That is what happens. <laughs> yep. It's got a gross Soul Calibur eyeball hand. Yes, it does. I did see that 100% uh, cutscene. Yeah. Uh, so where do we want to start? Uh, this is, a, uh, I guess I'll say, uh, this is a game that, uh, like I said, I played when it came out, was very excited for it, uh, got into Metroid with Metroid Fusion, Metroid Prime. Uh, so I've like 100% of this game like a do half dozen times and uh, love it. I had not revisited it since the GameCube, but uh, once again, Metroid Prime, Citizen Kane of video games. I feel like, you know, in all the ways you could take that, it is accurate. Um, I suppose. <laughs> it's not. It's absolutely nothing like Citizen Kane in any way, 
But um, it's very good in the same way Citizen Kane is, I guess. The Citizen Kane of video games, Jackson. Okay. I won't, I won't argue with IGN. I won't get into the technicalities of that phrasing. Um. Samus was a, a child in the wilderness who was then taken to the big city. The big city here is the Chozo. Chozo. <laughs> uh, yeah. And given the tools by which to change the course of history, uh, for uh, Kane, it's newspapers. For her, it's a gun arm <laughs> and a sick uh, robot suit. Uh, calling uh, Charles Foster Kane uh, the hatchling now, from now on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, this means that Adam is Rosebud, right? Oh, oh geez. don't bring up Adam. It. I hate it. The thing is, I like Adam. I've only played Fusion. I'm you can't hurt me. Oh, I saw played other M because I am dumb. Uh, you know, I I want to play other M, but I have to play the good Metroids first. Uh, but I am curious. I mean, you can you can do whatever. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, but Metro Prime Two is right there. It's then more of this. Um, That's true. Can say many things about other M. It's not more of this. Yep. Uh, which yes, it leaves us in a weird place because uh, where yeah, like I said, where do we want to go with this game? Um, Dan, what do you think? How did you enjoy replaying it? Uh, well, I was worried at first that the con- I wasn't going to be used to the control scheme anymore, mm-hmm. but I jumped like after about five minutes, I was right back into it. And, and honestly, I don't know why this. No one else has used this style control scheme. I know it's back before FPS controls were all standardized, but it just feels so good to, to move around in that game with the GameCube controller, which is not a thing I say often about video games. Yeah, no, the the instant, like, cause, so I tried it on the Wii, uh, I had the Wii U version, um, and uh, I didn't I didn't like controlling it with the Wii Remote. Um, I thought the controls were fine, but like with the way my setup worked, uh, I, you know, it was just uncomfortable holding my arm out of the screen this whole time. So then I loaded up Dolphin, played it on Dolphin, uh, got it working fine, no lag, no nothing. It was great, uh, and um, I, yeah, I, I really immediately clicked with the controls. Uh, they got first person jumping down perfectly. Uh, it's cheating. People have been sucking at first person platforming f- forever, and someone just figured it out in two thousand and two and didn't tell anyone apparently. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was the, making the first person platforming work was like the remit of this game. Uh, you know, this, uh, the whole thing was like originally third person. And then they, they're like, no, 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 we have to do it this way. Uh, Miyamoto came in threw everything in the garbage specifically because Jet Force Gemini is a bad game that no one wants to play. Nobody contact me about this. I don't want to hear it. Um, and so they went ahead and, uh, made this first person, scrapped everything. Everyone worked themselves to death because video games have always been like this. Uh, and here we are. Um, but yeah, the, the part where it is a game about exploration and jumping properly because Samus angles down when you jump, that's all it took. That's all you had to do. Yes. The, the, like, the way the camera arcs as you jump is, like, they must have spent months, uh, iterating on that one. Yeah. Um, and because of that, you have a game that is, like, really slow and methodical about it, but captures the feeling of exploration, even though mechanically it's not actually much like any other Metroid game or any other, like, you know, first person. It's not, it's not a shooter. Everyone wants it to be a shooter. It's not a shooter. They didn't make a shooter. Um, and instead they made, like, a jumpy Ocarina of Time riff, right? Yeah. It's it's so, like, the, the one addition that, like, stands out to me as someone who has, like, had experience with Metroid... Um, but in the modern day, where Metroid is just an accepted thing that is like the foundation of a genre that's massive, uh, the one thing that is strange is the way that whenever you unlock a secret, it makes an Ocarina of Time jingle. <laughs> um, 
And I'm like, that's not a Metroid thing. That's that, that's really strange. That's like a complete like a left turn on like the way of the feel uh, of the exploration. Um, and it definitely cements it like, oh, there hasn't been one of these in eight years. Uh, yeah, it's and also it's worth noting that like Fusion doesn't have that. They don't have the jingle. No, I mean it doesn't. Going forward, this doesn't become a Metroid thing. Uh, I assume it's in the other Prime games, but like you know, no Metroidvania does that when you find a secret. Uh, I was going to say, the other Metroid games like Zero Mission and Prime 2 and 3 and Other M, and that's it. Well, I meant Zero Mission, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Samus Returns, maybe. Oh, right. Right, right, right. I always forget about that game. I know. Weird. Weird. Um, so I played this on the Wii this time. I'd always played on the GameCube, uh, and because this is the way I, I, I could own it. Uh, I have a GameCube, but I don't have a copy of Metroid Prime. Didn't want to buy one. Um and uh i think the Wii controls are kind of bad for this game specifically mm-hmm. um because the game itself is built so dramatically around the way the gamecube controller works with like swapping visors and arms and uh the way in which samus is like you know plants and fires at enemies and like circles jumps strafes around them as your main mode of combat um the free look with the Wii remote just ends up feeling like too much work. Like everyone who played this game on the Wii, myself included, is like, my arm hurts after this. This is too much work. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's a thing that I think that like when they finally made a Wii one of these with Metroid Prime 3, they like move away from it. Like the game is structured around the part where your arm is going to be moving a lot. So they make sure that, you know, not every room is point at obstacles way far away and click on them and fire. It's much more straightforward and not easier, but it's built around the part where you're making those kind of gestures that this game is not. Um, I, I wish I'd played it with a GameCube. I know you played it on Dolphin, right? Yes, it worked fine. The, which which used to be a thing you couldn't do for a long time. Yeah, it was last year they finally fixed the way shaders compile because the, cool. the Wii GameCube hardware just doesn't do that. It doesn't have shaders. Um, yeah. Um, which is just not how modern GPUs work. Uh, so it took a long time for that to like be a thing that didn't stutter. And there were a couple of times where like it would seemingly freeze for like half a second, but that was like three times in the whole game. And I had like a runtime of 14 hours. It was mostly flawless. Uh, this is how I will play cool. uh, Echoes if I play Echoes before they release this inevitable HD version. That every rumor says it's done, but they're waiting for the game it's meant to promote, and that's never coming out. Uh, yeah, probably. Who knows? Who knows? Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, so I, I love this game. Uh, I feel like I haven't actually talked about it, uh, but yeah, it was, um, it was just a fantastic time. I, I like Metroidvanias as a rule in general, and you know, my favorite games are all about uh, this kind of, you know, increasing understanding of a space, uh, which, um, and <laughs> it's, it's weird where like the different, uh, the different prongs of this kind of approach are at this point in time, right? Because you've got. Uh, this all kind of comes from Zelda. Well, not comes from, but it's like Zelda's a big like you know inspiration point for all of this. But uh, Zelda has dungeons, and this game doesn't have dungeons because it's a Metroid game. Uh, but it still has the same like, uh, and it doesn't have puzzles really in the same way. It's much more based around rooms and abilities. Uh, but it does have the like so you know the Metroid. Fit, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this. But I was thinking about where does Metroid fit in on the like spectrum of Zelda on one end and like the Resident Evil design of using keys to open doors on the other end of this kind of game design, and then the Metroidvania becomes like a third way of doing that exact genre, and the other two don't exist outside of kind of just Zelda games and Resident Evil games now. The thing, 
the thing that was really striking for me with Metroid Prime is that it does kind of break up the, the various modes. Like we, there are there are mo there are parts of the game that are strictly combat yes. areas, basically. Um, they're mostly around fighting space pirates. Uh, that I think those are the ones that like the most stand out. But um, then the rest of the game is about exploration, and there's enemies in your way, but it's mostly about like jumping through like you know geographical locations that are very evocative and like have a lot of tone, and then. The Morph Ball, because this is a first-person game, the Morph Ball pulls out to third person, and whenever you're doing a Morph Ball thing, it does just turn into a puzzle, like, concretely and, like, specifically. In a way, the Morph Ball was never used in Metroid before, um, because, like, a lot of the Morph Ball areas are literally just side-scrolling, like, platform puzzles. Yeah, and the the main game can't do them. It's it's translation of the, like... classic metroid room where you have like platforms on both sides enemies in the middle and you have to zigzag between them is that's now like a cylinder and you go in 90 degrees around it yeah spiral that's like that is the new that when it comes to how traversing metroid games works yeah and that becomes much more about like being aware of your position versus enemies as you fight them and not can i make the jump because when this game puts in the rooms where you're asked to make the jump like can you do that it's it's wretched it's terrible (laughs) Like the last couple rooms where you're X-ray visoring invisible platforms, just dog oh, shit. they're so bad. Oh yeah, the sunken freighter. Forget I mean, if you go yeah. when you go down there, if you don't have the gravity suit because you went the wrong way and go all the way to the bottom of it, you might spend two hours yes. perhaps trying to get back up out of it. I don't know what you I mean. was literally <laughs> talking to Jackson as they went down to the bottom of that without a gravity suit like two days ago. So yeah, that was me too. And I was like, oh, I've got to go back. I bet I have to get the gravity seat from somewhere else. And you're like, I don't know. You've... And I was like, no, I bet I've gone out of order. Then you looked up like, yeah, yeah, you definitely have done this out of order. God, God damn it. I was good enough to hit the save point down there, too. Same. <laughs> There's a save point right there. And then you get to the, like, uh, lift, and then you start going up the lift, but you can't do it because it's, a, like, a puzzle around uh, the, like, wave gun, like, uh, thermal scanner. And you're like, God damn it. So I... Man, platforming without the... Uh, um, gravity suit is annoying but it's mostly fine like those there's like a balance you have to strike when designing these kinds of games which is that you it has to be unpleasant deliberately such that when you get the ability you're like oh fuck it finally i can do a double jump um and that's like one of the hardest things to nail in these games because you don't want to feel like disempowered and like useless at the start uh but you do want to feel like concretely better at the things you're doing as you gain uh these traversal abilities and um i mean they nailed that balance like uh obviously um so uh Uh, i think it's funny because like for me like uh the the early parts were you were you you know don't have a lot of energy and it's a little tougher and your samus is relatively slow because you don't have the double jump is like much more of like an imposing presence in a big cyber suit is like jumping through ruins. Like it feels weighty and powerful and like deliberate. By the end of the game, I'm going into ball, into the ball and just rolling past all the enemies to get yeah. to the door as fast as possible. Yes. <laughs> Which just turns into a comedy of errors where like the space pirates are hanging out and this giant like meter wide ball, which is like it, the, the morph ball is not small in this game, just rockets past them and then, then turns into their like sworn villains shooting beams at a door to get away from them. <laughs> usually while they're like ghosts of the people who raised her <laughs> yes <laughs> oh it chose ghosts ah. the fucking chose ghosts uh, yeah 
Uh, so combat in this game is like, like I said, generally, you know, you, you lock on, you jump around enemies. Um, and then they populate like the, one of the main hubs of the game halfway in with a bunch of enemies you can't lock onto because they teleport all the time. Uh, because video games are great. <laughs> yep. And eventually you get uh, an x-ray visor to fight them with. Um, which makes it a bit yeah. more manageable, but they they respawn like every time you go into one of those rooms with with them with them in all over the Chozo ruins, and um, it's it's not an interesting fight. It's the same fight because the combat in this game is <sighs> not bad. I hesitate to say bad because it like it fills its purpose, um, but it's not very dynamic, and they know this because it's about circle strafing and pressing the A button until they die, um, and you have some ability mobility tools but it's not really about dodging uh, or like avoiding attacks um like the way you avoid attacks is by very carefully using cover and ensuring you like only uh, like get in their view to, to shoot right like um it's mostly about managing uh damage through a run to the next save point which means once yeah. you hit the point where you just need to get to the other place to get the thing you need uh the mm. doing the combat again becomes intolerable if it's a room that refuses to just open for you because uh, eventually they really like, they realize this and their solution is that the challenge has to come from like ikaruga college management enemy types um which is fine but definitely really annoying especially when like different beam weapons are better at killing enemies so when you have to fight the um you know the like uh the normal beam ones or the ice ones because your ice beam's so slow uh it uh can definitely drag but it's like so the thing, the thing i like about that is the ice beam is basically like the shotgun of this game where you charge it up run at them hit them point blank freeze them and then you can back off and hit them with a missile yes um because samus like by being just a person with an arm gun kind of doesn't have like your typical shooter like you know here's my long range here's my short range. samus isn't sniping shit no. in this game and there's like there's no grenades like it's just not that kind of game like the way you think about a shooter because it's not really a shooter but it does put you in scenarios where you're asked to do that stuff and so yeah it is about like circle strafing and specifically managing like your distance from enemies because mm -hmm. every enemy has like a a radius of where they're doing damage versus where you're doing damage most effectively and those rarely overlap <laughs> ideally yes um uh, which which is very like that's just straight out of Ocarina of Time where it's like you know Z target and hop around the Deku stick and hit it in the neck or whatever. Yeah, they've just put that in their Metroid game. That's what the combat is. Yeah, uh, which is fine. I think it works well. Uh, and they um, like they know it's limited, so it's never the focus of the game except the boss fights, which are all mostly terrible in a way that I find very charming and funny. Because uh, it suddenly stops being a Nintendo game, like this, like Nintendo masterpiece from the early two thousands, it becomes any other bad video game from the early two thousands. As you're Z targeting above you, and circle strafing around the room with poison pools, <laughs> and it's like, who designed um, this? I really like the uh, Flogra fight, the big like poison plant monster. It is extremely like just a PS two game at that point. Mm -hmm. um, Especially in that, like, you have to shut, you, you have to, like, specifically shut off the, like, solar beam powered, like, generators, and then, uh, you can roll your ball down, like, one of the tubes down to where the center is and blow it up, uh, which you're like, yeah, okay, I played a Nintendo game, I do this three times. No, you gotta do it <laughs> four times. And it's not like <laughs> just, like, the one change completely destabilizes the idea of what a boss fight is in this specific type of game. The, the, in a way that's very funny. The fourth one, like, I can't even tell if it's an intentional joke. It might be because of how, like, 
genuinely destabilizing in like terms of my like mental experience of what a bus is that fourth uh thing is because it doesn't change in complexity it doesn't get more difficult it doesn't like like throw out at all well you have to you have to close four of them instead of three of them yeah but like on the fourth phase it's not you like i think oh i'm done after three i just think that my my whole body and brain think that because i've played one of these games before and then suddenly you're not and it's like is this on purpose i can't tell if it's just a gag um but see yeah the bosses uh feel feel strange no it can't be a gag because later bosses they just expect you to have like you know, six stage slugfests against the Omega Pirate. Or, oh, yeah, and if you, you run know, out of missiles. Miss- yeah, but the later bosses never feel like a Nintendo boss that they've changed. They just feel like PS2 game bosses. Uh, yeah. Whereas this feels like them showing you that this is not one of those boss fights. But that's just me reading into it too much because I've played too many other Nintendo games. You were saying something, Dan? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, it's also great when you run out of missiles against the Omega Pirate. <laughs> uh it's you can get missiles off of the enemies right like i had a lot of missiles in this one i was not uh worried but yeah the ads sure do, they... do if you run out tend to give you more missiles so that that's good what you got to do is farm them that is that is a feature that works way better in a 2d game yes <laughs> uh, uh d- the way pickups work in this game like you know you can charge up a, a charge shot to pull them to you but some, if something's across the room it's across the room it is non-trivial to go get the item you need Mm-hmm. Um, I ran out of missiles not on the uh, Omega Pirate but on I forget the name of it but, but the big ice guy Thardis oh yeah yeah uh, and you can only damage him with missiles <laughs> uh, so I was like how the f- I was like, running out of health and I didn't know how to kill him and uh, resorted to turning into Morph Ball and bombing underneath him which totally worked I think the ice shards he throws at you you can hit and turn into our pickups oh I was just dodging them because I wasn't, like, letting off the Z-target on him. Why would I target something else? I have to dodge him. <laughs> I have to circle strafe. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those, those boss fights are strangely designed. But once you get into the rhythm of just, you know, Metroid stuff, uh, it feels amazing. Uh. So, here's the thing. I think the, I think the boss fights are kind of bad. The, the, the big exception is, I think, the first form of Metroid Prime rules. Hmm... Present your argument. I like that you were just fighting this like wall of like monster that like it just it just fires things at you. You avoid them. You fight it, and then it runs across the thing, and you get in the channel, and then it reverses. You do that again, and it has such a very specific like the thing that Metroid Prime is good at is the bit where Samus plants her feet and just pumps ammo into something, and that's what you're doing with that thing for the most part. Uh, It is very much like can you destroy it faster than it can destroy you, and I think it works really well on that level. like, it's like fighting the Doom Wall in Final Fantasy. Like, it's just going to come at you. All you can do is sit there and, like, try to fight it off. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't I didn't dislike that fight. I thought it, I thought the final boss fights were... Well, the first one was okay. The second one gets a bit annoying. The Metroid Prime itself, uh, when it turns into, like, switch to the X-ray visor, and the X-ray visor sucks because it's a terrible fucking visor. <laughs> yes. That part's bad. And then you switch to the X-ray visor, and you're like, oh, I have to switch to the thermal visor now. God damn it. I've just taken two yep. forms of health without realizing, you know, I've not been able to target the thing. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what it says about me, but the thermal visor, I think, is cool as hell. The X-ray visor, I hate it. Just up and down hate it. That's yeah, fun. I agree with that. Generally, the only cool part with the extra visor is the first time you get it, and you can yes! suddenly see through the wall there. It's yeah. yes, yes, you're right. That is extremely cool. I was, yeah, I was gonna, I was hoping you were saying that. Um, because yeah, it's excellent. But yeah, as a visor, it's it's bad. Uh, 
But the thermal device is like evocative and cool, right? Like uh, the thing is dark, and you see the like heat signatures of the things that are fighting you. That is like in- yeah. a thing we intuitively understand as like a cultural, like you know, sign of fighting guys. Like it's in a million movies. Whereas the X-ray visor, obviously, X-rays are a real thing, but it just doesn't like it's going for a more like ethereal, spooky approach. As you see, like the skeletons of monsters in your own hand and stuff, and it just doesn't click yes. in the same way as like the coolness of a thermal visor battle. I guess. Also, the thermal visor has like the greatest introduction of an item in a video game where you go through these labs and you get to the bottom of this thing and there's, you can't go through the door at the bottom because it's an ice beam, but you, you've been shutting off like all these like containment fields as you go down this huge central shaft. And at the bottom is just this visor. You pick it up and the lights go out because you shut off all the power and you have the item that can see. But as you're climbing up, also all the Metroids are now escaping containment and attacking you. And you see all of the space pirates who have like started climbing on the ceilings waiting for you to go past because now you can just see them as you climb up hanging out like bright thermal signatures and the like them not being prepared for samus to like be able to see in the dark as you climb up is such a great like empowering moment as you get used to this new item yes it's fantastic yeah i love that sequence as well because I, I remember getting down and then and then you use it to open doors for 10 hours <laughs> so you know <laughs> I guess so what do people think of like the parts where it became more like the more wider Metroid parts of like finding secrets and the rhythm of like going to places and using your new powers because I thought it was fun especially at first but definitely like I felt no urge to 100% this uh, I don't know if anyone else did on this run oh um, I did not I, I didn't on this one no I got close I got like 85 just like by playing the game <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got to about 67%. I had no. I had played it enough times I didn't feel like the need to hunt down every single upgrade. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I enjoyed that, but I, yeah, I definitely didn't feel the, like, just the, oh, I know. There were, like, a cool. There were, like, a few really cool puzzles, especially early on, um, which were more. Less about puzzles and more about the slow way the game introduced its mechanics to you without, like, saying them out loud. Um,. I yeah. think the game's really good at that. The one I'm, the one I specifically think of, um, is you get to uh, a room in the Chozo ruins, and there's gates around. I think it's an energy tank in the middle on the on the table. Um, I don't remember what was in there, but I'm fairly sure it's an energy tank. And then you see three morph ball uh, things around it. Um, like oh yeah, three morph balls. Yes, the, the one teaching you how to bomb jump. Teaching you how to bomb jump, like double bomb jump specifically. <laughs> yes, which double bomb jumping before this game, I guess in this game also, but in prior Metroid games is not a thing that you're ever asked to do. It was like basically like a secret technique. Yes, and I, having not been like I've played one Metroid game and I've played more. Like my exposure to Metroid is more from like osmosis and just the way its game design is seeped into the culture, uh, less from like experience of the exact moment to moment mechanical like uh feel of the series so i do this I, I get the first one and then i manage to get the second one and i look at the third one i'm like how the fuck do i get up to that and then i you know leave thinking it's an item i need later then i come back and like, there's no there's no way there's an item that can get me there what the hell do i do for that and then just like start trying things and think if i bomb jump right before I, you know, double, you know, if I bumped it right before and then bumped it right after, I should be able to get a double, right? And then totally did it. And it was like, fuck yes! This is the coolest thing in the world! Um, yeah, it's really good. You coming to that organically is really good because that is not a thing the game expects you, like, you know, it's not asked for of you for progress. Is it not? No, you, it's no. only for upgrades. Damn, yeah. It must not be because, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was a super cool moment. Um, and I, I just felt like, man, 
Nintendo, there's no way Nintendo would have something this important that they wouldn't explain to you now. Um, just in how Nintendo presents its game mechanics almost always now. No, they're gonna they're gonna show a video of some hands hitting the button <laughs> right. on the controller. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it was just um, it was a very very good uh, very good moment. And there were, a, there were a couple of other puzzles like that throughout the game. Um, the, the the double bomb jump mechanic was one of the most satisfying ones. So like before I, before I got the um the double jump i was in uh the fnudge drifts doing like remember the uh the big um ice thing that drops that gets you up to the roofs in the ice ruins west yeah uh totally did all of that with just without the um jump because i had the bomb jump like tactics so i like double bomb jumped up to there to get onto the roofs uh, god well you need to go back to 2D Metroid and realize that you can um, multiple bomb jump your way up to basically anywhere if you're good enough at it. Oh, and yes. Have fun sequence breaking. Yes. I do need to do this because it was very satisfying. Yes. Um, so going back to the Metroidvania thing, the thing structurally with like how this works versus prior Metroid games is so much of like Super Metroid and the GBA games is like upgrades are hidden in blocks or like behind walls that you shatter. Um and because this is a 3D game, they can't just, like, have a rock that you shoot that reveals itself to be an energy tank. They're usually in, like, puzzle rooms, or you see them on cliffs you can't get to, or you hear them in the room. Like, the audio cues of the energy pickups are very distinct in this game. Um, it is funny that they're, they're all the same one, so you don't know what you're... Like, if you're going fast, you don't know what you're picking up until you pick it up. Because um, there's plenty of times I'm like, oh, it's an, it's an energy tank. And no, it's not an energy tank. It's actually an upgrade. <laughs> yes. Um, but because of that, there's not, there's not really the good sense of like, when you play like Symphony of the Night or Metroid, you get the sense of like this wall, like bottom of the shaft, this wall is going to be breakable. And you're, you know, if you play enough of them, you get a good sense of where that is. There isn't a lot of that in this game, except for in the Chosa Ruins a little bit, which is, I think the area that best exemplifies the Metroid stuff, you know, because there's a bit, there's a bit like jumping around where. There's this one room that's like the doors on either side and there's like a little platform in the middle over like some like poison mushrooms or whatever. But there's also like a little bit underneath the far side door that that you can stand on and there's like a brick wall that you could blow up with some missiles. And I think there's another missile upgrade in there. And that is like the thing that this game is missing. Like like there's not the same level of like breakable walls, hidden objects behind them. It's always like, you know, do the bomb puzzle and get into the secret door that's way up high. And here you go. Here's your item get the hell out of here mm-hmm. a lot of rooms that exist only to hold items and nothing else yes yeah and the scan visor always will show you any breakable walls too as to if you're having yes issues finding them uh, unless you are like uh me or jackson and forget what it means when something's made of like benzite or whatever and you're like is this super missiles no oh, yeah nope not super missiles is this charge beam nope not charge beam uh super bombs then <laughs> yep Yes, that's annoying every time. Because I would just, I would, you know, I'd go through it be like, all right, I'll shoot it. No, I'll missile it. No, I'll uh, do a power bomb now. You know, I know the super missile, then a power bomb. You know, like just go through all the whole, the whole stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like this game really li- loves those power bombs, which is uh, one of my least favorite Metroid upgrades. So it's very weird. I, I think it's because it's the last one. So it's like, yeah, by definition. Yeah. Especially since this game doesn't have screw attack, it is like the last like one that opens doors. It's weird this game doesn't have screw attack. I remember this game having screw attack, and it doesn't. Does two have screw it's attack? It's in the sequels. Yes. yes. Okay. But it's but as you might expect, screw attack works really weird in three D. I, I was gonna say, how the hell do you even do that in three D? 
Um, there's like very specific places you can use it. Okay, it's yeah, not great. Of course, it's kind of like it's kind of like in this game. You're like, oh shit, a grapple hook. That's gonna be awesome. And it's, it's not. not. It's actually terrible. It's, yeah, the grapple is really, uh, like, it sticks out how bad it is because the game, like, the thing that this game has, of anything else, is how good it feels to move around in first person. Uh, yeah. how good it feels to jump and how good it feels to, like maneuver around enemies and you know you circle straight and you turn around do the ne- do the next thing move to the next platform like you, you really get quick at getting where you need to go in this perspective and then every single time there's a grapple point it slows to a cruel as you like line it upright then you go and then you do like swing back and forth because whenever you just let go you, you know it doesn't work because you they don't let you do your double jump after releasing a grapple you have to have like press the jump button on the ground first so you can't adjust your grapple swing and the swing slow in the first place it, yeah it's really annoying yeah, it just opens up like the hell of canned animations that is the grapple. Uh, and it has like no real sense of momentum or anything. Like it just feels bad. Especially since like Samus generally feels pretty weighty and good. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there's only a, like, there's really not very many grapple points in the game. Yeah. Yeah. The one specifically you're grappling over that like onto that like floating guy in like the mushroom area, the phase on mines, that stuff's the fucking That's worst. really annoying. Especially as like. One of the things they do there, which is, I guess, funny from, like, a level design perspective, is you, so you do that twice through the, like, gauntlet of the phase on underground in the mines. Yeah. And the first one, um, you swing, and then you go across, and then you, you know, move, move ahead. And then the last one, there's not, like, a platform for the door, there's just two mushrooms with a gap between them, and so you'll often, like, I'm going towards the door, and just fall between them into the hole of nothing, uh... And then have to do that whole whole sequence again to get up there. Um, yep, it's know. bad. It's also super dark, so you're better off using like a visor while you do it. Yeah, no, I'm in the thermal visor that entire time. Yep. Uh, yep, cause... and then the phase on mine has no save points. Um, that the 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 uh, underground is fine for save points. It was the the phase on mine save point gone that is really the fir- like the progression from going in at the top all the way down to. Um, what is it called? You know, the the big room where you have to get the mine thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which one is it? Um, but it's, it's, it's you got to like... That, that's stopped you for a whole day. Oh, that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was yeah. so, I was like, like my whole progress came to a halt. I was moving through the game so fast and I was like just dying over and over again, reaching like a couple more rooms ahead and being like, where the fuck is a save point? Every time and there was, just wasn't a save point. Uh, but then I realized, um, I looked it up and realized that uh, every gamer throughout time uh, has been mad about this in the exact same way. And, you know, felt a kind of oneness yeah. with the universe, which calmed me down greatly. <laughs> it, uh, it, yeah, it sucks. It's a hard area. Especially since when they decide that the solution to, like, we only have ten enemies is to throw, like, every space part at you in waves. Yep. And there's, like, multiple mini-bosses in that area. Oh, yeah, the elite yes. pirates show up and break out of all those cells. And uh, and not only that, there's um, like a whole... One of the biggest lore rooms in the game is as part of this gauntlet, but midway through. So if you die, you have to scan everything again because uh, they don't save scans between dying. That, I think that's the one decision I don't... I don't think they should have changed it, but it's the one decision that sticks out to me as like um, strange because they introduced the scan system as a way to like give you something to do in rooms basically uh and i think it works really well but the way that like when you die in a metroid game right like and you haven't reached a save point 
Uh, the thing you retain is like knowledge uh, of what to do yeah. and where to go and of the space. Even if it's not on the map, you do like retain that knowledge. And like the map's a different thing. It's about like uh, like marking your progress. Um, but the scan points are specifically about like the knowledge you've gained. You will know things. They're like tracking the like mental progress of a Metroid game. So not saving those does get frustrating. I don't think. I think. It, like I said, I don't know if they should have just kept them on if you died and you know always save them. But it's. I mean, as a person who back when I played this as a teen, like all I wanted to do was get 100% scans because that's what the video game is. You got 100% it. Yes. Uh, I thought that was infuriating. Okay. These days, I think I think I scanned about three things in the entire game. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd scan the first time through, and then if I, you know, like that phase on mine area, if I died the second, third time, fourth time through, just, just don't need to do it again. Um, I definitely, uh, but they definitely should save those. I definitely scan all the like red ones to make sure I have them in the logs, the important ones. Yeah, make sure I have all the Chozo lore. Find <laughs> out what's going yeah. on with that. The thing is, for me, like, the scans are less about, like, delivering lore to you, because, you know, maybe we'll, I, I don't even know if we'll talk about it, I guess, but the lore is bad in this game. It's, it's not good. But the thing I like is, like, Samus, while she is going and, like, inevitably blowing up every planet she visits, is also, like, just quietly cataloging all the, like, ecology of any given place. Mm-hmm. To, sensibly to know how to shoot it better, but it's also, like, just nice to go in and catalog some animals and plants. I think that part is, like, underappreciated. Yes. Um, absolutely, I agree. Uh, and like, this is the part the uh, Outer Wilds makes the whole game out of. Yes, uh, they just put. I was like, because I, I was like, oh, this scanning works really well in Outer Wilds, and you're like, it's kind of like Metroid. I was like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> seeing it now, I was like, oh, they just stole it exactly from Metroid. Uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it until uh, you brought it up again. I was like, oh yeah, right. I that is, uh, there's a lot of Outer Wilds that feel stolen specifically from Metroid Prime. <laughs> they just made this game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, but they combat. put no combat in it. So it's better. Yeah. <laughs> it is be- it- Citizen w- Kane 2 of video games. <laughs> <laughs> Outer Wilds versus Metroid Prime, let's go. The Magnificent Ambersons of video games. Outer Wilds. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but the part the part where this game also because it's from 2002 and trying to re like rehabilitate a forgotten franchise is specifically like really aggressively about like no Samus is, has Chozo blood and was raised by the Chozo and has her abilities and here she is on this planet and the space pirates are like running this whole procedure over the ruins of the Chozo and she's interrupting their plans where they're once again injecting Metroids with some shit they shouldn't it's gonna go bad for them it's never worked once here we go <laughs> yes. Ridley's here. We slap metal on him. Why? I don't know. It's cool. That's how you bring him back from the dead. Is you just put more metal on him. <laughs> you know. no, no one asked the question, why doesn't he have metal on him in Super Metroid? Don't worry about it. Uh, the the scene... It was not, it's not the one where he's flying down to the planet. Um, which... Someone, I was watching the speedrun and someone pointed out that like Ridley flying down to the planet is technically your motivation for the game. I was like, oh, I guess it technically is, huh? I didn't think about that once. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you got to go fuck that guy up. He's uh, he's evil. Yeah, he um, killed your parents. Yeah, uh, but the the cutscene in Fanatic Dress where you come out of one of the locations and uh, you see this massive dragon flying over you that was very fucking cool in like a Monster Hunter way. Yeah, um, that was a cool cutscene. I wish there was more Monster Hunter style fights in this game. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, like because it's on a GameCube, uh, 
I don't think it's a bad thing, but this this is generally like a small game. Like you, you, you're in small. Even the big areas feel small because they are generally like big open round spaces with like the walls are all like stamped eight times, and you you can see the seams of like the like the effort it takes to generate this world. And most of the areas that aren't that that are the detailed ones are like tiny corridors. Uh, and it it doesn't like feel claustrophobic necessarily, except for what it is meant to, but replaying this game i remember this game feeling expansive and like huge and incredible took me forever it's not 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 by the metric by which we judge such things um but i feel like for all of that it like works like there's a whole there's literally a whole room in this game and it's meant to hide a load it so it's, it does a job where you walk down a hallway that just like spits steam on samus's visor because it looks sick when that happens that's all the room's for it is sick though yeah it's incredible uh, especially because like the first time you go in at least i did i turned to a morph ball like don't get hit by the steam eventually just forgot i was like oh this steam does nothing okay that's fine i'll just go through yeah you're in a giant metal suit what's a steam gonna exactly do? well you know I, I see steam coming out of vents in a video yeah. game exactly but you know samus is falling in lava and shrugging it off so you know she's fine that's not true she is falling in lava and losing all her health in like 10 seconds <laughs> sometimes you drop in the middle of a lava and there's no way out and you're like god damn it i'm dead i <laughs> uh, can't relate yeah. Maybe use more skill. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> uh, what other points do we want to hit on um, on Metro Prime? I feel like you've been quiet, Dan. Oh. Uh, hmm. I mean, I like each of the regions is distinct and has a good, real good feel to it. And I don't know if you guys have a personal favorite, but I think Vendrana Drifts is still my favorite from back when I played it originally. And still the same. I um I'm a big fan of Magmore Caverns. I like that there's not a boss there. It just kind of exists as like this industrial hellscape that leads you to other places. Um I think that generally is cool. It's also like the only place of the impact crater that is entirely underground. Like even the phase on mines opens to like spaceports and stuff on like on like, the very entrance of it. Mm-hmm. So um it just ends up feeling really different than the other places and it being like the one like underworld stage that like leads to everywhere else I think is really good. Um, this game generally needs more interconnectedness. It's the one Metroid thing I feel like it's missing um, and a thing that they fix in future Metroid Primes. Uh, yeah, the, the moment where you come out into an area and you're like, oh, this connects to here is cool. But once you start having to like actually retrace your steps around to get places it becomes very obvious yeah. how much of the game is the, like a few corridors also all of that is like dictated by the lifts there's no like surprise bursting into like a previous area through like a wall that you shot down or something no right yes i mean there's there's like there's very brief moments of that in like the chozo temple and like within the same space yeah um but there's like there's a bit in metroid fusion where you realize that all of the like yes. space station biomes are all interconnected you don't have to go up through the core anymore and that part's incredible there's nothing like that here that's because metro fusion's an amazing game <laughs> yeah and this is a, like i'm not saying the, the you know i'm not having the argument i don't think it's interesting no. to be like which is better these two radically different ideas of what metroid is um <laughs> but uh it is interesting to see what gets carried over and what doesn't uh, and the answer is what is better and it's the year 2001 you were feasted you had no idea <laughs> on 2002 I guess <laughs> oh I'm gonna complain about which of these two Metro games we get on one day oh yep different world uh, I think Trailer the Temple is probably my favourite uh, of the areas uh, that is until the, the ghosts get introduced yeah because uh, you know fuck the ghosts but um, 
it's cool i really like the like light tower uh where you like knock out parts of it to climb up to the top that part feels the most like a metroidvania to me it's really cool it's so cool um and yeah because you're doing that uh dodging like the uh things that are spawning from the pipes um that's that's like a real cool late game like uh that might be my least favorite enemy type just like a weird ball of poison gas that floats in the air like what is this it's an animal i guess but why why is like evil coughing here <laughs> what is its biological purpose and then it it's its biological purpose is for its poison to stay in the air like a second longer than you think it should so it, it hurts every time you jump yes <laughs> but when those things come pouring out of those tubes it's like infuriating i'm like i hate these things <laughs> they, i don't understand why they exist they should not be let me through <laughs> Yep. Just booking through that half pipe room and power yes. jumping up the, uh, I mean, boost balling up the, the thing and missing it and having to do it three times while your health ticks down. I, once I started realizing, so that was one of the places I got stuck because the half pipe thing is the thing I most often forget is a thing I can do. Um, so I was like, how the fuck do I get back up? I don't think I go down because there's a big cavern and i can't jump across it i've tried like i tried to i thought i had to make like a bridge of frozen metroids uh down in the quarantine thing where that is the most complicated thing i mean when you get super metroid remember that but it's not helpful for this <laughs> well, i i know like as a metroid thing the the ice beam can make platforms but it doesn't in this game uh because i assume yeah. you can't do that in 3d it's fucking annoying uh, and they're right. I, yeah. I try. I mean, I, yeah, I can't even imagine playing the, a game that asks you to do that in <laughs> this kind of game. Uh, well, I saw the bridge up top, so I thought it was just going to be one jump. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a stupid idea. And then it went back up, and then the first time I did it, I uh, was in visor mode, so I saw the like thing you can destroy with the power bomb. Or well, a power bomb, just the regular bomb. I don't know. I forget what it was, but there's a thing you destroy, and uh, it turns off the gas. Yeah, like it turns a, on a fan and blows all the things out of the room. Um, yeah. And gets me a nice energy tank, because I, I got most of the energy tank in this game without trying, which is very nice. Yeah, they're the ones that matter. Did you get many of the, uh, like, weapon upgrades? Um, so how many weapon upgrades are there? It's the four super missiles. Then I got, uh, I got all but the ice one. Uh, the flamethrower okay. i got the wave beam i didn't get the ice one the ice one is really good against metroid prime specifically because it just like when it turns into ice form you just hit it with that once and the face is over um, it does so much damage yeah i the first time i fought metroid prime i tried to use the like super missile forms but then they weren't working very well um god i would have made the ice things really helpful because every time i should with ice i would miss because the ice is so fucking slow um yep. in a way that uh wasn't true of the other one because the the wave beam like has a little light homing on it so you always hit with that one yeah, that yeah it's good it's just a proton pack basically yeah. uh but yeah I, uh, that one's cool the flamethrower is awesome but burns through missiles so fast it's unreasonable you can't use that uh yeah um the other uh to get the flamethrower you have to do the really annoying um spider ball puzzle yeah fuck the spider ball I thought it was cool when I first got it, but then they start doing You're things wrong. with it. You're wrong. Spider Ball's great. Fault you can't hold down a trigger button. I can. It's just boring. Man. It's like slow, and more importantly than being slow, it's like set at its pace. Like, I can't make a Spider Ball section go faster. 
I can't jump yeah, no, through that, it in, that's in a way that is like cool for the like the very final run before the boss is like an annoying spider ball uh, thing, and it's like I give me a jumping puzzle at least, please. I like the way in which it like it violates your understanding of like geographical space by allowing you to crawl on ceilings and like around pillars and anytime it gets weird, I like that stuff. Yeah. Um, I also uh, enjoy, even though it's terrible, the parts you have to drop from a spider ball track to another spider ball track. And sometimes the shadows are not what you want them to be for that sequence. Sometimes yeah. you hit it too soon and you bounce right back to the first track. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not here to say it's like good. I like it. It's fun. It's fun. Um, but yeah, I mostly, I mostly just uh, really enjoyed it. Um filled in metro prime for my list now i guess thank you for making me play it yeah uh metro prime's a classic Game's so good it really makes is. me sad about uh nintendo and video games and i wish we could just have good 10 hour bangers like this this game would absolutely have like i guess we'll see with metro prime 4 but I, in my mind this game absolutely has like a loot system and a crafting tree in the modern version oh i hope not I, I understand why they don't make Petro Prime now, and also why when they tried, they had to like fire the entire studio and send it somewhere else. Um, because like they just do not make games like this. Um, and like the influence of like Metroid's, you know, Metroidvania's lives on, especially in like smaller games, but the idea of like, no, this is like a big game that um, lots of people killed themselves to make, which that's, that part hasn't changed. Um, and uh, is entirely about like singularly crafted like areas. Uh, there's no progression outside of like level design. Like, level design and progression are one thing. There's no there's no loot. There's no uh, RPG mechanics. It doesn't change. Like you don't do more damage later on in the game unless you switch to a gun that does more damage. Right? Like uh, there's no way that Metro Prime Four doesn't like upgrade your beam damage. I'm putting putting down yeah. money right now. There's no way that doesn't happen. It shouldn't, um, but you're probably right. I mean, I would love that to be true, but I just don't have that faith. Then I guess they did give it back to Retro after it fell apart the first time, so who fucking knows? Yeah, but who's Retro at this point? Like, yeah, didn't they all leave? And... That game are not there. They no, made that game for Microsoft. On, uh, Donkey Kong are. Uh, were we saying that? Yeah. Oh, I was saying they left a bunch of the people behind Metroid Prime left and made that game for Microsoft that the last quarter was missing. Can't remember it now. Uh, Recore. Yeah, Recore. That's it. I kind of wanted to play that. Is it any good? I don't know. Never played it. Yeah. I don't know. It was an Xbox One game, so no, so I no. didn't play it. <laughs> it's on PC now. Yeah. But yeah, I also haven't played it. On that bummer note, if there's nothing else, we should uh, take a break and get the questions.
it's time for questions. If you want to send questions, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Unsurprisingly, because we were playing Metroid Prime, we got a lot of questions. So if you send something about something else, we're saving them. They'll be on next episode. Please look forward to that. Uh, but our first question is from our friend Santo. Uh, Metroid Prime is my favorite 3D platformer for many reasons. Uh, with the systems uh, homogeneity we're seeing from Nintendo every few years, one of their major franchises has similar mechanics to Breath of the Wild, like tool durability, etc. What are your thoughts on Metroid Prime 4, especially with the project being restarted? Hopes or fears? Can there be a new Metroid game that both builds off a of beloved iteration and stands on its own, and for the love of God, doesn't have tool durability? signs point to very doubtful but god i hope so oh man durability in metroid prime sounds miserable yeah i don't even know how that would work i think it's much more likely that, that like i think because it's an, because it's like a switch game they will not do any of that stuff but like the version that's like god of war 2018 in terms of gear could totally exist i don't think nintendo's making that game but i could see that game so easily i mean yeah it's every like big game that is tries to take influence from metroid right yeah it's it's in you know it's instead of getting missile upgrades you're getting like you know a, a currency that we use to spend to upgrade your varia suit to take five percent less heat damage oh it's crafting missiles that's what you do oh uh-huh. i guess you i guess on a planet you could totally have the i need to harvest parts from these aliens to like fuel my abilities that would be awful don't do this these are cursed ideas just it's fine i have no expectations in metro prime 4 so it can't hurt me yeah that's fair uh do you want to read aiden's question yeah i'll read aiden's question uh Aiden asks, uh, what are your thoughts on the control scheme of Metro Prime? Primarily the GameCube controls, but also the Wii controls. Uh, my experience with it works surprisingly well, uh, despite having more in common with a 3D Zelda uh, than a first-person game. Uh, yeah. And the Wii version is more accurate and smooth than uh, any other first-person game on the platform by a substantial margin. I guess, if unless you have like 30-year-old bad arms and you're tired when you play it, <laughs> then it's not great. That's not great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I assume that's like comparing it to like I don't know the conduit, <laughs> Red Steel, Red Steel, exactly. I played the Red Steel. Yeah, it's better than Red Steel. Don't get me wrong. Remember Wii shooters? Oh yes, bow and arrow in Zelda. Yeah, the thing is the the way in which like Twilight Princess did it mostly works. Um, I don't think, like, the bow and arrow is, like, great, but the way the, the hook shots work in Twilight Princess specifically is incredible. Metroid cannot compete with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, no one's ever going to feel them. They took, they were thinking about putting the Wii controls in the HD version, but then decided against it. Because yep. they wanted to put the it, map on the choice, tablet. Honestly. Yeah, no, yep. they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Yep. And then they made it right-handed rather than left, or left-handed rather than right-handed. Yes. And the other question uh, is, have there been any enemies or situations uh, that once gave you a lot of stressors first, but felt completely stripped, trivial, in retrospect? I feel that way about a lot of games. Like, I, I, I remember thinking that, like, phase on minds and stuff in this game were, like, stressful and scary experiences when I was... I wasn't even young. I was in my teens. It just was a lot. I didn't play this style of game very often. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking that the phase on minds was stressful and uh, overwhelming on um, uh, Sunday... Oh, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and then on a Sunday, I thought they were pretty, they were actually pretty manageable. <laughs> so, yes, but on a much smaller scale. 
I mean, I, I think like a lot of things used to like make me very tense. And the the secret is you play enough games, you get good at them a little bit, at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, do you have any last thoughts? Um, hmm. Uh, I mean, the Omega Pirate when I first got back to him was giving me a real hard time. Like I said, I ran out of missiles on him, but then yeah. I gave up for the day, came back and hit him and had no trouble at all. Uh, the Omega Pirate's a tough boss fight. Uh, it was tougher than the two final bosses for me, at least. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we have an email from Autumn. The Metroid Prime cover art, at least for the US, is dorky. The 3D models are dorky and look way more dated than anything actually in the game. Do you prefer when games have cover art 3D models or drawings like Tales of Symphonia or something like that? What's the best box art for a GameCube game? I don't expect anyone to actually have an answer. But if you do, Dan, go ahead. Jackson has never used a GameCube yeah. in their life. That's true. I mean, in general, draw I like drawn art more than like 3D models or the like. I can't think of a specific good GameCube box art though. Yeah, me either. I don't think it's like an era of great box art. Maybe in Japan the box art's good, but I I've not seen Japanese GameCube games really, so I don't really have a good answer for that. Like I have a lot of affection for like the Animal Crossing one, but that's not. That's basically just like game models, I think. Let me look. Yeah, yeah, it's basically game models with like a photo. This is a bad era for box art, honestly, all things considered. Yes. Uh-huh. Japanese GBA was like crushing it in terms of box art, like right over there, and none of this can compete. I'm, I've just searched GameCube box art. Um, yeah. The Wind Waker box art's great. I, Japanese GBA box art is literally my favorite box art of all time as like an era. So It's unbeatable. It's fantastic. Spoiled. Yes. Yeah. The box is so tiny. Yep. Um, it's my if I was ever filthy rich to the point where I didn't have to worry about things, I would absolutely collect Japanese GBA games like a real obnoxious jerk. Um, well, you know that's worse pursuits. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, okay. Um, we have a question from Hannah. If you had access to a cute little morph ball thing, would you use it to just curl up and vibe? How many hours per week, roughly, would you spend curling up and vibing? All, all time. All the time. I don't know. It looks like it might be really uncomfortable to roll up in a ball like that. Um, she does convert into energy. Like, the ball's hollow. It's a weird thing to think about. Um, it's, the... it's like a Pokeball. Like, she's not, she's not physically in the ball. She does put herself in her own Pokeball that is her. That's <laughs> Yes. I don't know if it's this one. This might be a slight spoiler, but in one of the primes, there's a scan where the pirates are trying to make their own morph ball. It was in this one. Yeah. Yes. About 60 people told me about it. I was like, oh, isn't the coolest thing? <laughs> to the point where it got very like oversold to me. I was like, I, I, I guess so. Uh, I wasn't as into the lore as everyone else, but this was... When someone wanted to tell me something about Metro Prime, I was like, oh, I'm playing Metro Prime. And then about half people the next sentence was have you seen the 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 morph ball pirate log <laughs> yeah um yeah uh yeah uh yeah no uh, the thing is being the, the ball is big it always it always like creeps me out when i think about how big the morph ball is in this game it is enormous you couldn't pick it up like you probably couldn't anyway because it probably if, it, if it's samus's like weight i think she weighs several hundred pounds in that suit <laughs> so you couldn't pick it up anyway but the idea of like a meter wide ball that is energy inside but also weighs hundreds of pounds like that thing's like taking out cars yeah it's like what if a you know a massive yoga ball was made of steel oh i hate it it, it creeps me out <laughs> i don't know why but i hate it uh we have an email from eric 
Uh, what do you think are Metroid Prime's greatest successes and failures as a sequel to prior Metroid games? I think it did a great job of conveying a sense of isolation and mystery, but I think that GameCube platformer visual style seemed less alien and strange, more like a few really cool FPS maps. I don't think that's fair. I, I disagree. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the like translation of the Metroidness was pretty spot on. Um um i wish you i wish it was like faster generally it's the that's the thing like i think this game does well given its era and what it is but when i think of metroid i think of a game i'm playing in six hours not a game that's going to take me 12 right uh, yeah this game takes a while but this is also the era for that like you couldn't put out a six hour console game yeah i mean you couldn't do that now i don't think that's true yeah um, metroid prime was actually my first metroid game so i have gone back and played some of the uh of Super Metroid and a little bit of Metroid, the original, but so it's hard, a little hard to compare when this is what I think of first with Metroid. Yeah, that's fair. I played Fusion first because uh, I think we covered in the, that uh, that episode, but the ROM leaked early online. So by the time Prime came out, despite the fact that it came out the same day, I was like on my fourth playthrough of Fusion on my PC using a keyboard. A great way to play Fusion. Different world. <laughs> Different world. Do you want to read uh, Samuel's uh, email? I text? do, I do. Um, what was your favorite type of lore slash scan info in the game? Uh, uh, number one, Chozo lore. Number two, Space Pirate Bureaucracy. Number three, Space Pirates realizing that, oh no, Samus is coming. <laughs> oh, the Samus is coming ones are pretty great. They are pretty good. I love the uh, Samus is Coming ones. I think they're so... The the ways in which they just carry on, like, across the galaxy, with, like, they have, like, their whole, like, bureaucracy. They have their labs, and they just hope they're not the one that Samus lands on this week uh, because it's a very bad day. And all of these scientists are also, like, elite space warriors because they're going to have to fight Samus somewhere. Like, these are pirates, and they're doing, like, research on, like, alien creatures uh, and fighting. They just manage it all. They're great. Yes. Space pirates really a part of the gig economy in <laughs> space. I don't like space pirates. I think they're dumb as a concept. Why they a race? Um, I don't, I don't know. That part is weird. <laughs> Why is the, like, the racial trait of being a space pirate, a, a, I don't know, like, Met, the, I think the lore of Metroid is, like, very bad, um, yeah. in ways that are pretty obvious and on the face of it, uh, which is just funny considering how good the atmosphere is, and you get down to it, it's like, well, Samus shows up and has to kill all the, like, the naturally born space pirates from her bird family. <laughs> But also, like, the space pirates are led by, like, either Ridley, who's a dragon, or Mother Brain, who's, like, a giant brain being. Like, what happened? How did this happen to them? Right. Isn't Mother Brain their supercomputer that they built? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, we have another email from Dia. Dia just sends me nightmares in my email inbox. Thank you, Dia. Uh, this one is 10,000 horse emojis. Um... And in between all those, who would win, Samus or these horses? The horses have all studied uh, Krav Maga and have a Metal Gear. I'm not going to count the horses, but there's probably at least 200 of them. Um, so who would win? Well, if they all have a Metal Gear, then um, the, the horses. I think Samus, especially since she can target the Radar Dome, would take out a Metal Gear in about 30 seconds. That's true. Raiden could take out like 20 rays. Yeah, it's going to say Metal <laughs> yeah. Gear's... Solid two, those Metal Gears went down pretty easy. And they're meant to be yeah. the anti uh, Rexes, so. 
And uh, and Samus just has like 255 missiles. You only need like three to take down an Elgar. So I would love a uh, Metroid Metal Gear crossover game. I don't know how you make it, but I think it'd be incredible because no. they both are like basically the same genre. Uh, like you could ma- easily make the argument that uh, a Metal Gear game is a Metroidvania, but they go about expressing that in such a different way. Um, yeah, the I would love someone to try to like how would Samus get around Shadow Moses. <laughs> Oh, that happens um, in uh, Smash Brothers uh, for the Wii. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I guess it does. Uh, Dia asked a follow-up question, very important. Where does Samus's pee go? Uh, I mean, it's ejected in like it's like turned to gas and ejected out the back of the seat when she space jumps. Obviously. No. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> what? There's a clear and obvious answer. Uh, yes, I, I like to. I like to turn left. <laughs> Okay. Well, as everybody knows, P is stored in the ball. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's the uh, yellow beam. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Did you want to read Eve's email? I'll read Eve's email after that. Um, uh, a few years ago, I found Prime Trilogy in a game swap for like 10 euro. It was rad. Damn, that's impressive because I remember that is, that is a deal. Prime Trilogy was like 60 quid in CEX and I wasn't checking... Uh, too much after it came out on Wii U. But, yeah, that was... Oh, uh, got lost in a swamp in two and never finished it. Probably should get back to it. Uh, questions. Am I wrong, or is it really disappointing to get a missile expansion after you've got the first few? Once I've got, like, 30 missiles, I don't need any more, even though I probably do. Um, Kinda, but I think it was fine. I mean, the, the like, finding the secret is like, a reward. I like stockpiling missiles because I like being able to super missile anything that annoys me yeah. when I am at the end of the game. Yes. Uh, should they give Samus Titanfall movement? Um, no, it would break the no. game. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing that game, but I don't think it would feel very Metroid-y. Or you would have to trick... Like, if you had Titanfall movement, the like granularity of the way abilities and spatial movement worked would have to be changed by like so... That's an impossible task, designing a space that could still function as a, like, 3D Metroid space, but with that freedom of movement. Yeah. I would just, I, I just want the grapple beam to not suck. Like, I'm, I'm my bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> um, could they get the Shine Spark to work well in a first-person game? Um... You don't even know what the Shine Spark is. God damn it! I was silently hoping that this would someone else would explain this. Instead, you both just like sat there and let me get anxious well, over here. I'm as lost as you are, Jackson. Oh, cool. Okay, so so the science Shine Spark is like a move in Super Metroid specifically. Um that supposedly was going to be in the game but was taken out, but it's uh after you get a speed booster, um like and you crouch when you jump you like take off in a various in like a direction oh uh yeah uh so it's in it's in fusion i'm sure you've done it yeah but uh the speed booster was originally in this game and then they took it out because they realized they didn't know how to make it work in the game they built because it's about going slowly through rooms as the other room desperately loads as fast as possible (laughs) yes um I don't know how you make that work other with, without changing the game to specifically be about like bigger spaces, and I don't think that makes it interesting. That just means if you aren't shine sparking, you're, you're wasting your time going through a giant corridor. Yeah, this game's already like slow, so the 
it's kind of intuitive, right? But you you think moving faster would fix that, but actually you just need to make the spaces bigger such that it actually becomes even slower. Yeah. Uh, best Samus suit. This one, I think the Varia suit's personally my favorite. Um, uh, and yeah, in this game, I would say Varia suit, uh, but uh, in general, I think I like the fusion suit the best. Yeah, you would. Well, because I've played fusion, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the dark suit in Metroid Prime 2. I think it's pretty sick. Uh, I mean, it has an eyeball. No, no. not Dark Samus. The dark suit. Yeah, different thing. Okay. Well, I'll need to... That is it. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the phase on suit, not very good. I don't like it. No! I don't like the black and red. I don't think it's a good look. Uh, I like the gravity suit in this game a lot, but... um. Not into the the phase suit. I've never liked the gravity suit. I don't like. I think it should change more. I don't like that it's just like purple panels on the Varya suit. Um, I guess it. I guess it is just all right. I guess her torso stays. Yeah, because it's just a color swap in the original. I really like the like. I don't even know what it's called. Like the original, like the base suit with like the like, the slim shoulders. Oh, like right um, after you I lose wish, your powers. Yeah, I wish that was in like more of these games. I think it's a neat look. What, is there a, is there a suit without the shoulder pads? Yeah, the one when she gets all her powers taken away. It's like based on the original Metroid suit. Oh, cool. It might just be called the power suit. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, what's up with people saying there should be a Metroid game with actual bounty hunting missions? Is there any way that would be good? Uh, no, that would be terrible. No. That would be the worst no. possible choice. I sent you the power suit. Oh, yes, I have to do this. Right, yes. Yes. Because you turn into it in this game for a while. Right, yes. Yes. Um, was that it for questions? That is it for Eve's questions. Okay, so we have questions from Jed. Uh, I really love Metroid. Played the 2D games multiple times before I played Metroid Prime for the first time. Backtracking in the 2D games had never bothered me, yet it was really noticeable in Metroid Prime. Was this your experience? Yeah. yeah. Game's much slower. And uh, so much of like going through areas... Like in the in like late in other Metro games, you were speed boosting through saw like horizontal or vertical corridors. That is how you backtrack. It, this game doesn't have any of that. Everything is takes basically as much time as the first time you went through it. Yeah, the closest you have is just avoiding enemies when when you can. Yeah, but if there's like a platform. Uh, at, in the NES version of Tetris, Samus makes a cameo playing the cello. What do you? How do you think she learned how to do this? Is she hiding any other secret talents? Well, she picked up the cello playing ability, and then she could play cello. <laughs> I assume. I assume that she could. I assume the the uh, beam cannon has like a manipulator arm somewhere on it that would come out like an R two D two arm <laughs> that could hold the bow. <laughs> uh, oh, can I just say about the beam cannon's design? One thing I thought was really dumb. Yeah, sure. Uh, and the design of the game is cool. And then if, if you don't press the controller long enough, there's an idle animation of like a panel with like massive yes. bop it buttons for all the, the modes. <laughs> and it looks terrible. Yes. Why did they put that yeah, in there? Yeah, it's really bad. Because uh, I only saw it like 10 hours into the game. I was like, what the fuck is this? It looks awful. This, is... this game was made in a hurry <laughs> by people who were very tired. Yes. Oh, I don't blame them. Just, uh, whew. Uh, what's, what's Samus's other secret talent? Um, I mean, probably skating. She's good at half pipes. That's true. That'd be pretty sick. I was gonna say making burritos. I feel like burritos are good space food. Uh, it's pool. She's really good at pool. Yeah. 
Um, we have an email from Nora. Uh, it's a little longer, uh, but uh, Nora talks specifically about like the way perspective and looking through visors is the main focal point of the world. Samus has to lock on and scan something to learn about it, and that is isn't that different from scanning on to learn about how to shoot something better uh and even when she's not actively in combat this idea of scanning and gaining data about something is her main way of focusing on the world uh nora's like it speaks to her character someone raised outside of human culture and placed in this role of warrior by the chozo always found this core of my reading of samus like she only knows how to act in one way no matter what the situation I know everyone talks about the gun arm being the main interaction mode of this game but for me the visor is representative of how i see her more than that um Metroid Prime's a game I actually loved back in the day. I remember buying it the day before Echoes came out because my very first issue of Game Informer had Echoes on the cover. Do you remember the cover of your first gaming magazine, if any? Um, no. Hmm. Mine, mine would have been early Nintendo Power, but like, I couldn't tell you what game what game was on it. Yeah, I, it might have been a Halo one. I don't know. I know it was CVG. It was CVG in the UK. Um, but I don't remember which one it is. But I'm, I'm fairly sure it was like a, it had a foil cover, and I think inside it was like the rent, the like fake renders for the DS and the PSP. But that might have been a later one. I don't actually know which like the first one I bought, but I do remember that magazine. Um. Hmm. I think mine was a. I don't remember which magazine it was, but it had Fantasy Star Four on the cover. Nice. Huh. I didn't have a lot of gaming oh. magazines as a kid. But I remember specifically picking that one up because I liked Fantasy Star two and three a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, since Retro seems to be flailing at making this supposed Metroid Prime Four, imagine you are putting control of its story and design. Where do you take the Prime series after the trilogy? Do you just make Metroid Prime Five assume or Metroid Five assume for the purpose of my question? You can't contradict previous titles, but you're allowed to set the game anywhere in the timeline you want. Me and Jackson both yell after Fusion, exactly. make a game after Fusion. After Fusion, it's. I mean, I that's what I want. I want a game after Fusion, and I want it to be good. So, you know, yeah, set it after Fusion in the Federation's Huntinger. Yeah, it's really easy. Also, you now have like three alien DNAs in you and not just one, so... God, the Enfusion's so sick! Yeah. It's like the one time in all of Metroid that the story is good. Yep. Do you want to read Jason's email? I'll read Jason's email. Uh... Metro Prime and being a scared baby. Uh, Hello, when I was a child, I had a weird complex of being scared to death of Metroid and doubly so of the titular Metro Prime. It's got a big human face and translucent brain, and it caused me to never beat the game until I tried again for this game club. Is there or has there been anything in a game you're still discomforted by, either intentionally scary or unintentionally? Thank you for the show. Um, I'm a big gaming baby. I like horror stuff, but horror games just I just can't do it. So uh, for me, it's like. If any game is like creepy, it, it it doesn't. I like I feel it. Uh, like the for me, it's like Metroid Prime doesn't creep me out. The Metroids, just normal ass Metroids breaking out of tubes and like glass cases every single time startle <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. Also, when one gets on you, just immediate like recoiling until I get it off. It's so gross. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think specifically System Shock Two, even though the graphics are. Do not hold up. Still gets me every time. I should play that. That's a game that I have never interacted with. Um, yeah, I am. I imagine I would be scared by some of the stuff in that game because I'm also a huge baby. Yeah. Uh, but um, 
I'm trying to think of good answers to this. Uh, I would, uh, in this game, the thing that, like, uh, messed me up the most was, um, the, uh, Chozo Ghost. And, you know, it didn't, didn't that much. It wasn't, like, an actually scary game, but I think the, like, the Chozo Ghost thing is the thing in this game. That's fair. Uh, we have uh, questions from Alex. Uh, do you have a preferred beam type in this game? Um, the the plasma, the the red one. Ah, uh, wave beam for me. Yeah, yeah, I think wave beam for me also. Yeah, but, but at the end of the love to sunlock an enemy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but at the end of the game, I was just using the plasma and everything, unless it told me not to, because the damage is so much higher. Alright, uh, I like ice beam and missiles, but the ice beam is kind of fiddly in this game. Mm-hmm. The part where enemies can easily just move out of the way of it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yes. Um, did you notice that according to the uh, star map room, Metroid all takes place in one star system? I did not know that. Yeah, Talon 4 is orbiting the opposite direction of the rest of the planets in the star map. And it says something about being a wanderer that was caught in the gravity of the Zebus system. So that means that, like, when you blow up Zebus, like, Talon 4 is also probably, like, fucked two years later or whatever, right? <laughs> this is Talon 4! <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, amazing. Um, it's a little tidy, but you know, Metroid lore is already a mess, so whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be too mad about it. I guess it makes sense. There's like a Chozo temple there, and like Chozo, like all the Chozo stuff on Zeb as if they're like right next to each other. Uh, Because then it's not like, then it's not like the Chozo are like a like the ancient alien Galactic Federation. It's like, no, this is just their home system. They just built a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I, I did get to that room and think these are all references, aren't they? Because uh, you know, there's the the, the Zebes right there. Zebes. Yeah. How do they even pronounce it? I say Zebes. Good question. Oh, this this one of those. <laughs> yeah, this is a, definitely an everyone read this in a manual in the eighties question. Tetis. Yes. The Metroid uh, home planet is in a different system, though. I think SR whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, the, the one that's just an alien reference instead of a Metroid thing. <laughs> uh, they do just give it the alien planet name. <laughs> yep. Do you want to read uh, Very Fine Cat's email? Uh, I will. Um, in a second. Yes, there it is. Uh, second from the top, yes. Didn't say Very Fine Cat on the outside, so I was just taking a moment. Uh, considering Metroid Prime 4 had to seemingly scrap its entire development and start over, what are the chances it ends up being a next-gen return to Talon 4? Uh, do you think it's possible to recapture the bizarre and crunchy feel of Prime's environments, uh, or has that style been left behind in the early 2000s and will be left with something more contemporary and sedate? Uh, I guess we'll find out in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't think it's like a, I don't think they're doing like a next-gen return to Talon 4. They're going to put those that trilogy out again, but it's just going to be those games... Yeah, I assume they'll do a new location. I don't think they'd go back to Talon 4. Um, I mean, Metro Prime 3 has multiple planets, right? Yes. Yeah? Uh, then I would I would not be surprised if there's like a, uh, you know, MGS4, we're coming back to Talon 4 moment. What if Nintendo just made Outer Wilds, but you haven't gotten <laughs> Uh Put a time loop in Metro Prime? No, I just mean like it's a game about Samus like tooling around like a solar system in her in oh. her spaceship, and you land on planets, and That'd they're be all cool. like there's a big interconnected like you know mystery around them all. That'd 
That'd be fucking cool. Be They're cool. not doing that, but that'd be cool. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. I I think it's much more likely that like it is closer to this game and like you go back to places, but it's relatively really linear. Um, mm. Would be my guess. I, I assume that given it restarted and they gave it back to retro, they are going to play it as close to the Metro Prime formula as they can. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. That's it for questions. Again, you want to send us questions. Podcast at normalmapping.com. Next month, we are going to not play one game. We're not going to play two games. We're going to play three games. Now how much would uh, you Because pay? they're small games. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you will pay nothing. This podcast is free. But if you like to support us, uh, pay, listen to the plug zone in just a little bit. Um, we're covering Wheels of Alar- Aurelia. Aurelia, that's what it's called, uh, which is a small narrative game. Uh, we are also covering outrun 2006 coast to coast which is a driving game uh that one is delisted but if you just google it i'm sure you can find an exe uh you know tell your friends but don't tell the cops don't be an arc um and then we're also playing Mega Man x which you can get on download systems everywhere i have a ps4 copy yeah i got it on pc yeah uh, this started with us just looking at what we wanted to play realizing we're kind of between two big games there's gonna be a big game coming up uh and you know we want to just get some small things out of the way things that would not suit a full episode but three of them that sounds like an episode to me um until then jackson uh actually dan where can people find you well you can find me on the discord as uh, salamancor s-a-l-a-m-a-n-k-o-r-e uh and same uh, at Salamancor on Twitter, where I don't right. do much but retweet and occasionally make a comment once or twice a month. Uh, I wish I had that Twitter experience. <laughs> Me Sounds great, too. obviously. God. Well, uh, my work Jackson. is real picky about what I do on social media. So, Oh, really? That sucks. Yeah. Rude. Rude. Uh, Jackson, plugs. You can find me at Headfuls Off. You can find uh, the what? Yeah, Headfuls Off on Twitter. You can find the podcast we do at abnormalmapping dot com. There's a bunch of cool ones there. Uh, we've taken a break on Repto Screenings right now. That's our movie podcast. Uh, uh, Em and Autumn do, um, and then an airplane, which is the Ghibli podcast, which is starting back up again. Had a little break, but not not too long, uh, and it's good. Yeah. Um, if you would like to, uh, listen to more people talk about games, our friends Nora and Molly have a video game podcast called Journal Updated. Their Mass Effect 2 episode came out on the 1st. Uh, it's very close to the 1st of September when this goes up. What's their next game? Is that Dishonored 2? I don't actually know. Uh, if it's after Mass Effect 2, then it's Dishonored 2. Because then it's Mass Effect 3 after that, so yes. Yep. They play, they play so far in advance, which is a thing we, we told ourselves we wouldn't do after year one of this podcast. Um, so I can never tell what they've recorded or not. That's not true. Molly plays so far in advance. Oh, uh, that's fair. Um, but you can check that out. If you'd like to support, uh, our show and all the shows that me and Jackson make, you can do that at patreon.com slash normal mapping. For one dollar a month, you get the great Gundam project. Every Wednesday, we talk about Gundam. Right now, it's Gundam Wing. We talk about a backup show right now. It's Space Runaway Ideon. They're both really good shows. You should check it out. We have a lot of guests coming through. It's a, it's a good time. Um, and I think that's about it. I do have an announcement for the end of the year. So, in the past couple of years, like, not last year, but before that, we did, like, end of the year music 
top 10 stuff like that we don't play a lot of games this year it's been it's been a year there's a thing on um and so instead we're just going to play a video game like normal and it's going to be a jrpg which i said we wouldn't do anymore and then jackson uh convinced me through saying oh i wish i could play jrpgs over and over again <laughs> and i relented um and so what we're going to be playing in december and i'm telling you this now so you can you know get it done is uh Suikoden, which is the ps1 classic uh, you can get that uh in the ps1 classic section of psn for your Vita. That's how I'm going to play it. I'm sure you get it on something else, but that's how I'm playing it. You can emulate it. It's probably on PS3. I don't know if it's on PS4. Probably not. That's definitely not on PS4. It's on the no. PS1 emulation store, or you can find it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, maybe you have an original copy, I guess. There's probably people we know who listen to this podcast who have original copies of Speaking In. Definitely are. There's definitely multiple people listening who have a PS1 copy of Speaking In on their shelf right now. Yeah, if you have a if you have a PS One copy of Suikoden, write in. Let us know what cute things the save file blocks are, because that's always my favorite thing about PlayStation games. <laughs> that's true. Miss that. Miss that. God. I uh, I'm sure you can't fit all 108 characters on your uh, memory card, but what if they could? What if? Uh, that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next month with more games. <laughs>
Blah, 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 blah,